So, welcome to Craftcast, the Freemasons podcast, and I'm here with James and Sean, uh, and of course myself, Stephen. Uh, nice to see you. Well, you guys at least. Is it nice to see us? He wasn't very convinced. <laughs> I questioned there, was it he? for a Hang second. On a minute. Is it nice to see us? <laughs> I questioned it for a second. Nice to see you guys. How are we? Uh, pretty good, thank you. Actually, uh, had a nice journey in today into the lovely recording studio here at Freemasons Hall. Got an installation in my province. Looking forward to that tomorrow as a provincial deputy DC and um, going to Ireland for a little work trip next week. So a couple of busy God, days do, coming up. You do get about, don't you? I do get about in, fog. in my professional life. In fact, um, we're what, five months into the year now? I think I've spent more time out of the UK this year than in it. Wow. Yeah. But not in Europe because you're only allowed, or at least in Gibraltar, we're only allowed 90 days in Europe. So that's fun. Yeah, US, <laughs> Europe, all over the place, really. And uh, it's quite nice to come home and to do some Freemasonry, actually. It's, it's a nice grounding base <laughs> being at home, back in familiar terrain. I, uh, this evening, will be off to a lodge social. So we're going to go for some drinks, and then I'm probably going to find a Nando's. Cheeky Nando's. <laughs> you know what? I haven't had a Nando's in ages, and um, I am having withdrawal symptoms. Well, Mr. Watley over here, Ah. Or as I should say, Worshipful, worshipful brother, brother Wally. He's a student, used to a cheeky Nando's, but we call yeah. you Worshipful Brother, Stephen, because quite a momentous event has happened since we last spoke to you. Yeah, indeed. Since the last time we spoke, uh, my father installed me uh, as master of my mother lodge. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, it was a really uh, incredible day. The whole thing, in fact, the whole week was really quite something. Have visitors coming over from the UK and put on some like a tour a rock tour for them uh, of, of the gibraltar the rock that we have there uh dolphin safari all sorts sorry uh, when, you said, <laughs> when you said a rock tour i thought you were sort of going to say oh he's a freddie mercury impression <laughs> or something. No, so, no, no, the rock of gibraltar, gibraltar. Yeah. i really i really wanted to go and, and thank you so Me much too. for yeah. inviting both of yeah. us unfortunately work just meant that i, I couldn't yeah. make it yeah. um but when you sent me the program for the week like a dolphin safari a rock tour did in a night, go Certainly to this market. because it wasn't attractive, was it? <laughs> I mean, it was just the most fun pack week. It sounds like yes. you had a great time. It really was. And, and also for me in particular, like as I said, it wasn't just I was installed, my father installed mm. me, and that was really incredibly emotional for him and for me. Well, I was just going to ask you that because we, we've spoken on a previous episode and, and I kind of said to you, there is a moment where you will get emotional and he will yeah. get emotional. And wow. it sounds like that happened, right? Yeah, for sure. And I mean... No spoilers. Um, no, but I mean, in in a similar way to in the initiation way, first called me, um, first called me brother, mm. it, and I and I will never forget that he sort of got choked up just before he he said it, and he did the same thing when mm. he said, you know, worshipful master for the first time to me, um, yeah, and that was really special, and and on top of it to something that was really nice, I think I, I've never really seen that happen before after an investiture. Um, I invested my father first as DC and said, you know, I'm sure you'll, you, I, you're well adept at bossing me around and maintaining mm -hmm. order. So you'll, you'll be great. And then I also invested him as mentor and for mentor, I prepared in the lodge of instruction and in the preparation, the rehearsals, I said all of my investitures and practiced them. But the one that I didn't practice mm. was the one to my dad, because I wanted to make sure he did not know what I yeah. was going to say. And it got to it. And I knew it off by heart and it got to it. And I said, I'm sorry, guys, I'm just going to have to read this because there's yeah. no way I'm getting through it. Mm. And so I read this short piece that I'd prepared for him and really 
got choked up and I had to stop several times because I was almost fighting through the <laughs> through the emotion. And then everyone just broke into a round of applause yeah. afterwards. It was really special for me, it that sounds, moment. It sounds like an amazing moment. And actually, it's a very good segue talking about <laughs> mentoring. Because, Brother Sean, what are we talking about on this episode of Craftcast? Well, Brother James, we are talking to Anthony Howlett-Bolton, the Provincial Grandmaster for Berkshire and the uh, chairman of the Learning and Development Group here at UGLE, and to Omei Tawazi, who is the Metropolitan uh, Grand Communications Officer and the project lead for Solomon Live. And they're going to be talking to us about Solomon, uh, the virtual learning platform, and we're going to be digging into it and finding out what it can offer to you as a Freemason and indeed to those of you who are not Freemasons. Which is essentially an online platform for mentoring. Absolutely. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. Let's go. Anthony, Omid, very great to have you on Craftcast today. Thank you for coming in to see us. Lovely to be here with you. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for inviting us on. Let's jump straight into it, shall we? Can you give our listeners a bit of context? What is Solomon and, and, and why was it created in the first place? Uh, Solomon's a virtual learning environment. It's uh, basically a, a central repository for learning um, material. It was created uh, because several years ago, a survey was done from Freemasons. And as a result of that, it was realized that there was no central repository for information. Lots of information is up on the internet. Some of it's accurate, some of it's less accurate. And we needed to have something credible from a UGLE point of view um, that people could go to for learning and development. Another way of putting it is it was a way to for members or brethren to get their, or brethren and companions, I should say, to get their daily advancement in Masonic knowledge. Mm-hmm. And what sort of um, stuff is on Solomon? He's talked about it being a virtual learning environment. What kind of learning can the Freemason or the non-Freemason achieve by, by going and using it? It explains uh, everything that's that's going on, why why we uh, do various things, why things are laid out in lodge rooms as they are. It's not esoteric, it's not heavy, it's designed um, to be really easy for people to, to dip in and out of. And that's why a lot of the content is in nugget form, simple mm. presentations. It's very consumable, I'd say, for, very consumable for Masons to, to just that's, go in. That's and, the idea. And, um, and learn through a very interactive way rather than just reading a block and, and a wall of text. It's, yeah. it's very uh, interactive. I, I mean, you say. talk about interactive, that's something we've been working on really uh, quite a lot, the gamification element. I must mm. admit, my eyebrows went up when they first mm, talked yeah. to me about gamification. <laughs> um, but it does seem to be the way forward, and lots of people are working through the modules, getting badges and uh, and accreditation, which is fabulous. And we do actually give people a certificate if they work through all the modules. I should add that it's organised in useful, let's say, episodes or, or chunks, around the different degrees or different kind of dimensions and angles of, of, of what people might be interested in so they can progress through in a kind of methodical way if, if they want to do all of it. But then if people dip in, there are papers which are slightly longer form and nuggets which are short form. And as Anthony said, there, some of them have been converted into interactive units Some of the, and some of those interactive units have voiceovers. So while the core of it is... PDFs, like, you know, short and longer form PDFs, actually, there's an increasing amount of interacting, engaging content as well, you know, and, that, and that's a deliberate move into that direction. That's a mm. deliberate plan. So a sort of internal UGLE question. Solomon sits under learning and development, doesn't it, Anthony? Um, yeah. Why is learning and development so important to UGLE and not just to UGLE, but also to your regular Freemason? 
Well, because Freemasonry is unique, is rich in history and, uh, and tradition. Um, and if you don't understand that, then you're not really getting the full benefit from it. If you just join Freemasonry and you learn your ritual and you deliver it, you may or may not deliver it in, in, in a meaningful form. This is all about understanding for the person who's being initiated, the subject of the ceremony. Um, they've got to understand what it's about. And if you don't understand it when you're learning it and you're delivering it, you're not going to be able to do it in an intelligible form. Mm. So it's very much around developing understanding and, and also fostering curiosity. Because why would you join a unique organisation like Freemasonry and not know anything about its traditions, why we do things in the way they do, what makes us unique? You might as well join another organisation where you can just have dinner um, and, and a chat. Yeah. Reality as well is the more that a typical Mason knows as, as he uh, or she actually goes along their journey, the further engaged they are and the more they get out of it because you know actually quite a lot of the symbolism and so on uh, you can miss and Solomon's a really good way to mm. understand particular aspects and angles but also for let's say for the real nerds you can get into real detail yeah. like almost like academic level detail he looked at you and he said that Stephen <laughs> one of the things that we do in my mother lodge actually and we've done it since the lodge was consecrated 80 odd years ago is we always do a daily advancement in Masonic knowledge a very yeah. short piece towards the end of the meeting and since Solomon went live a few years ago we've taken some of those shorter nuggets from Solomon and used those as an opportunity for a new brother to stand up and speak in open lodge and, and and to deliver some education work and we found that to work um surprisingly well actually and it builds huge confidence amongst mm. the, for the person that's doing it yes. i must admit we've had to change really our thinking because when we first started solomon we were thinking very much about it being used in lodges because previously if there was nothing to do somebody would do some sort of lecture or other and or narration or whatever it might be and we started down thinking that the, the ideal place to deliver this would be in lodges. But really, we've changed our thinking a bit because the reality is there's an awful lot of people waiting to be uh, initiated into Freemasonry and they're passed and raised. So we're always competing against the ritual that needs to take place to move Freemasonry forward. So we're very much now focusing on building communities and self-learning. And that's why we've done welcome modules so that if you are initiated past and raised, there's a module, especially for you, as, as Omed was saying, is tailor-made, salami sliced, mm. if I can put it that way. Um, and exalted into the Royal Arch as well. Absolutely yeah. exalted into the Royal Arch. And I ought to say that the Royal Arch is a major part of... Um, of Solomon. It always yeah. has been. And I'm extremely excited with the developments that are about to be announced uh, with the Royal Arch, with the new strategy that talks mm. about the integration of, of, of the Royal Arch and being one organisation. There is ample opportunity to research that in Solomon. And we're going to be looking over the summer at everything we've got on the Royal Arch and making sure it's absolutely consistent, looking to see where we've got gaps and what more we can do, because Royal Arch is really quite exciting. Can I, can I just say, companions out there, the, the, the more basic uh, papers and nuggets on the Royal Arch are really, really insightful. There, there's are. so much symbolism in that. Just just read the first two or three yep. and you'll get a lot more out of uh, being in your chapter. I was, I was going to say, actually, uh, when, I first, um, when I first joined chapter, I, I very much enjoyed the ceremony, but then shortly afterwards found myself a little bit, uh, not uh, almost disenfranchised, just a little bit like I'd go and it was fine, but I wasn't particularly enthusiastic when I first joined. And then I genuinely, I, I read the, the, a lot of the Solomon uh, module on the Royal Arch. And we had a, 
at a convocation where we had nothing going on. We didn't have a ceremony. And it was cancellation last minute. So there was nothing else prepared either. And it was about two days before. And I went, you know what, I'm going to have a read. And I put together a lecture on why uh, the Royal Arch is important to young Freemasons and delivered it purely on my take on on the module that you, you guys had presented. So I'm, I could definitely vouch for it being extremely interesting. And since then, I found that that ceremony so much more interesting because I understand so much more about it purely by using that. I mean, two things come from that. I mean, clearly, a lot of people have done work. And as you've said yourself, you've done presentations. I'm always pleased to see them um, because we're looking to increase um, the material and make sure that it's 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 really relevant. But mm. when all this started, it was Royal Arch Companions that drove the desire to improve. It wasn't craft masons. The, the real emphasis came from the Royal Arch saying, we want to know more. Mm. And so they were the, the ones who, who really kick this off in the first place it's interesting to hear you talking actually about what Stephen said there and the idea of you taking that presentation perhaps and using it because one of the questions i was curious about was where do you get the content from who creates it where does it come and can from? we contribute i guess can can people contribute they to can it? absolutely contribute to it in, in, in any way form there are some safeguards that we have to do for for you jelly yes, because yeah. a lot of the material that we had when we first started all of which came from provinces and i know and districts and i know there's a lot more out there that, that we haven't even looked at um, but we do have to ensure that the copyright is right um, and where there are photographs that we've got the, those copyright the red tape, agreements yeah. the red tape and that has been that slowed us up for quite a while because we had to go through absolutely everything because a lot of it had been put together by people and plagiarized over plagiarized if i put it that way and we really have to make sure that we protect the organization you talk about uh, copyright and plagiarism as one obstacle to overcome. Is there a possibility of another obstacle being the accuracy of information provided to you? How do we know that this theory in this lecture has actually got some, you know, cadence some behind that's it? That's a really good question yeah. because we are not advancing a UGLE position. What we are providing is a credible explanation. And the idea is that people can discuss it and, and take it apart and rebuild it uh, uh, as and they really want. And really learn and develop both and the theory and, and their own knowledge yeah. of it. Because uh, a lot of it is lost in, in, in the history. But all of the papers have been reviewed by, I, I say in inverted commas, experts to make sure that they are, they are credible. And we have a content manager and, and a whole lot of experts in craft and the Royal Arch who do that work for us. I mean, to, to their credit, the papers are written and the nuggets are written in such a way as to, you know, they're couched as theories and so on, and they talk about alternatives and what might, be, you know, and, and so it, it does give you that kind of vivid picture. They're like real academic papers. Yeah. Well, like, to some extent, yeah. without the length, let's say. <laughs> mm. I, for me, I think Solomon fills a gap. If you sort of plug in gaps within that member experience and something when I was initiated in 2015 that, that I felt was lacking, I remember I, I had my initiation and I vividly remember laying in bed that night thinking, what on earth was that? <laughs> what on earth did I experience there? I had no clue and no one had taken the time to sit me down or approach me at the festive board and say, if you want to know more about what you've just experienced speak to someone or look it up here and i think solomon is such a useful resource in that sense because it's all there and you can go on and you can find out about it you can read about the symbolism and the meaning behind what you've just experienced and that's hugely valuable because i felt like you know and not to do a disservice to my mother lodge but i felt like that didn't really happen to me in that instance and i was just sort of left to go on and right come back in a few months for your second yeah i mean a couple of things that come to mind for that is firstly 
often you're not told because people don't know. Yes, that is true. And one of the things we thought about in the very early days is how do we get this out without causing embarrassment to senior masons who may or may not have a view and being asked questions they can't answer. And so Solomon is there to be really, really flexible. Um, and it saved my bacon several times because when people ask me a question I haven't got a clue about the answer to, I simply <laughs> say, well, have you looked on Solomon? If you've looked on Solomon, you can't find the answer, come back. Yeah. And they never come back, of course, because there will be an answer on Solomon. Absolutely. And, and Omaid, I'm sure a lot of listeners would have seen or, or at least heard of Solomon Live, which is a different dimension to Solomon's offering. Could you talk to us a little bit about what Solomon Live is and why it was started in the first place? Yeah, I mean, if I start with the why, why we started it. So Anthony asked me to join the learning and development team to help with promotion of Solomon. And I focused on social media we built up a, a facebook account and a, a twitter account and actually during lockdown it was a great opportunity to share quite a lot of content you know and and actually there'd be posts talking to a particular topic with a picture and driving traffic to a particular paper or nugget and people and actually, had more time to go and read it as well. people had more time yeah, yeah. and 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 actually it's, for some period we're doing it daily that's quite kind of rapid fire quite yeah. a lot going on people commenting about how, how often it was coming but one thing I noticed was that typically some posts who, which are on kind of quite popular topics like the Royal Family would get a, a reach of 10 to 50,000, whereas others which are on, on details, you know, so for instance, the shape of the columns or, or, or a description of the virtues would get a reach of, you know, maybe more 3,000. And I thought there was something in it. Also, what was happening during lockdown was quite a lot of webinars were going on where they were on fairly obscure topics and there weren't that many people attending and they weren't particularly professionally produced. So we talked, uh, the team talked and, and we invented this idea of Solomon Live, which were live webinars delivered on accessible topics uh, with a view of interacting, you know, cook, being very, very engaging in the format and driving large numbers of people to, fo to follow live as well as later on catch up. Uh, and then the call to action at the end is go register on Solomon, go back to Solomon. And so it was a different way to, let's say, grow the surface area of Solomon through different kinds of Masonic knowledge in a very accessible way and then drive traffic back to the platform. And it works very well to do that. We're now doing number 24. So we've kept it going for a couple of years. And the next one, and I don't know when this will be broadcast, but the next one is meet the assistant grandmaster, David Medlock. So in that instance, we're talking about his role, his role in UGLE. His, you know who, who he is as a person and uh, and that's the daily advancement is understanding how how that works following that uh, we've got different topics coming up and, and we kind of come at it from different angles all the time I think that really plays as well to the idea that um, if you think about the principles of adult learning people learn in different ways some people prefer to read some people prefer to watch some people prefer to listen and it, it looks like at the moment Solomon has got a number of different ways here through Solomon Live or videos or the nuggets of delivering that information depending on what the consumer the, the yeah. student wants to take in it's all designed for for the uh, the, the consumer um, and that's why I have specialists. I mean, I've got a superb team working for me. I just conduct the orchestra. They know what they're, they're doing, uh, including psychologists and, um, and university lecturers. Um, so 
when we started with, uh, with with Solomon, it was very text oriented. We had to start somewhere, but now, of course, we're trying to make it more visual. Everything that we do, so the Solomon lies that, that Omed does, which are absolutely superb, are now audio files as well, because some people like to listen to them in the car, and certainly some of the things I do, you know, when I'm doing the washing up or whatever it may be, you know, I'm not actually looking at a screen, and so it needs to be in that digestible form. So we are continually looking to to, to repackage, repurpose, make sure it's relevant, make sure it's vibrant. That's that's why we're going to have Solomon shorts, the things that just appear on your mobile phone you can look at or not, but bite-sized stuff. But it all is underpinned by more substantial material. Yeah, when it happens, this uh, Solomon shorts or Solomon lights, we decide what it's called, mm-hmm. it's going to be really, really cool because it, it's not there yet. But imagine having an app on your phone and actually on the frequency you choose getting push notifications saying, Here's, here's a sentence, of, like a social media post, here's a sentence or two on a topic and a picture or maybe a short video and click through if you want to know more. So mostly you just dismiss it, but you've picked something up every day or mm. once also a week. Also you could be you know, easily on board on a bus and you find yourself, instead of playing on a silly game on your phone, you just go, oh, I'm going to have a read of this. Yeah, uh, and it, yeah, it, certainly I, I like this idea of it being consumable in a very modern way, yeah. uh, in, a, in, in sort of a... If my univer- I'll put it this way, if my university had my course in some capacity in that way in an app, I would learn a lot more. <laughs> I mean, so this is one of the things about Solomon Live as well, which is that how do you, and, and actually the content on the platform, at one end of the scale, it feels like education. At the other end of the scale, it feels like entertainment. You know, and actually, where, where do we sit depending on be some what people are between working? Them, yeah. And we've got to remember that half of our audience are international. Uh, and I know you come from Gibraltar, so uh, the districts are, are not ignored with this. Yeah. And so we're picking up at the moment of half of our new uh, users are coming from abroad. So everything we do is international. And so we've got to be marketing for them as well. I'm glad you talked about that, actually, Anthony, because I was going to ask you about maybe if you could share some statistics with us. So sort of how many people are using Solomon? How frequently are they using it? Yeah, I, well, at the moment, we've got just about 44,000 people, just over 44,000 people registered. And um, we tend to get about 400 additional people every single month. And monthly usage is about 15,000 sessions with 10,000 wow. users. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it's not insignificant. Um, Omade has made a tremendous difference on the social media front, and he can talk about Facebook and Twitter. But, I mean, we've got 11,000 on, on Facebook and nearly 5,000 on Twitter, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the social platforms have really grown. And, and actually, to, to Anthony's point, once in a while, we get a big hit. Um, so uh, th- there's a video that I posted once or twice uh, of the Initiate song being sung by some brethren in Southwest, Southwest. And that links through to a paper on the Initiate song. And every time you post that, it gets 50,000, 60,000 reach, you know, and it's, it's amazing. I mean, um, we get our critics as, as well, you know. So thinking of the initiate song, I can remember being beaten up by somebody saying, you know, you're ruining it for everybody else. And I'm saying, well, do you actually uh, sing it in your lodge? And if you don't, uh, now you know how, to, how it should be done. Um, make it available for everybody. Well, I, I guess that was actually for, for my curveball question, I guess. I, I, that was, I was thinking this already. How do you keep it in sort of, obviously, uh, Freemasonry is a very open organisation, but there are certain things that we, we don't, you know, we don't want someone to know how a ceremony exactly goes before they've been through it. Otherwise, it ruins the journey for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. So, how do you keep that almost restricted in some capacity, 
okay. from one level to the well, next. Well, this, this or, was quite, quite an issue for us when, when imagine, we started. Yeah. Um, firstly, passwords are never included um, yeah. in, in any shape or form. Um, secondly, as you said, a lot of stuff is already out there on, on the internet. Um, and you can read it if you want to read it, uh, whether it be accurate or not. It doesn't matter. Um, so what we have done within Solomon is put lots of warning notices because I don't know who's a fellow craft and who's, um, yeah. uh, you know, in, in the Royal Arch. Um, so we simply say, well, if you're going to look at this and you're not there, you're probably going to ruin your experience. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is that it is the experience that happens in the lodge or the chapter room which makes the ceremony absolutely unique. You can read it till you're blue in the face, you can mm. rehearse it. And that's why when people try and reproduce our ceremonies, actors do, as they have done over the past, they always find it very difficult and it's always not quite right. And the reason is not because they don't have that atmosphere. So we will never be re reproducing that. And it's that experience that you get in your chapter or lodge room that really makes a difference. And so it's important as we started with this to, to understand and, and know what the ritual is about and be able to deliver it in some shape or form for the yeah. candidate. It's a little bit like you could you could try and reproduce it, but you couldn't quite get the atmosphere. You can't be what Freemasonry yeah. is by reproducing it. it yeah. I guess is is exactly. It's, it's cold when you yeah. when 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 you look at it. Okay, so now for my uh, actual scheduled question rather than a curveball okay. one. Um, what role does the uh, does Solomon itself play for the lodge, lodge mentor? I assume it's quite rather useful for a lodge mentor. Well, it's very much around what we've been talking about. It. I, I am absolutely passionate about mentoring. I think everybody should be mentored as they go through their Masonic journey. And one mentor does not fit the whole size of, of a, somebody's Masonic journey. Um, and what it does is, is it allows the mentor to be able to, to, to focus somebody where they need to be. Um, it allows the individual to go down their own individual place, uh, their journey, and then go back to their mentor and ask questions and explanations. For guidance and advice, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there are three golden threads as far as I'm concerned. One, one is the quality uh, of the individual, getting the right people into Freemasonry and giving them a really wonderful experience so they feel that they belong at the very first moment. Um, the, the, the second is around the mentoring, which we've just talked about, and the third is about learning and development. And if those three become a triple helix, then you're going to get a really good candidate. For if, for example, my my father is the lodge mentor, I uh, actually just uh, in, invested him uh, as my lodge mentor, and was that a wise choice? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> um, no, but uh, for, I mean, for him, you know, uh, I'm biased, but I think he's he's a great mentor in general. But how could he? What would be your advice to a lodge mentor of how to use this platform for for well, their we junior have, brethren? We have a particular module in there called Mentors Corner. Um, and that is designed to point the mentors in the, in the right direction. Of course, they can always communicate with us in Solomon because you can, can write direct to Solomon and, it, and you'll get a response. So I, my advice would be look, look at Mentors Corner. Look at the welcome modules because they are specifically designed for those uh, individuals and take it from there. I'd, I'd say to a mentor that it's a, quite a good idea to get you know your EAs and fellow crafts or whoever to all read a particular paper or experience something and then have a discussion afterwards mm -hmm. that and that could be before LFI for instance or something like that and actually them all having read the same thing and discussing it the learning happens in the discussion yeah I think in a similar way that the lodge mentor can point EAs and, and fellow crafts etc to these particular modules potentially a master investing their mentor officer could 
uh, say go and look at mentors corner as well yeah. uh, so that might be you know potentially a, a useful bit of a but where mentors for, get it wrong with lodge mentors often get it wrong is you need individual personal mentors uh, a lodge mentor cannot do it if you've got a successful lodge with half a dozen people progressing through however good you are you're not going to be able to deliver it personal mentoring is absolutely vital and we've got to give more help and guidance yeah. in in that area thank you uh, anthony moving on for those of you that are listening, I'm sure you've, you've heard about UGLE's new seven-year strategy, Freemasonry 2022 and beyond. Could you give us an insight, please, into how learning and development is delivering the strategy, how it's assisting with that rollout of UGLE's new strategy? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it fits like a glove, um, is the answer, because it aids attraction, Mm. because it has elements for people who are not yet Freemasons and, and they're interested and they can do their own research. And our experience is a lot of people joining provinces and districts now through social media do their research in the first place. So it's an area they can look at. It, it certainly aids retention for the reasons that we've been talking about, mm. about understanding. Um, it, it educates and informs people about our history and our, our traditions. It provides a deeper understanding. Uh, we've talked about the Royal Arch and the importance of that being integral. It, it does an awful lot because the Royal Arch is a little bit more complex to, to understand. And, and so it, it plays that, that role there. It enhances two-way communication, which is part of the strategy. Um, and um, it, uh, it fosters curiosity and develops understanding. So I, it really has key roles to play in attraction and retention. Yeah. I must say that I spend a bit of time with Anthony just after the strategy was released. In fact, we, we drove up to a meeting in the Midlands. Um, uh, we, actually, there was a meeting where we were both being invited by the Solomon Live host, Brodie Swain, mm. I should have mentioned earlier. I won't mention too much about him, but let's say one of the reasons why Solomon Live is really good is that he's a really professional uh, Love host. Brody. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we were driving up and, uh, and Anthony may object to me saying this but he looked quite worried because one of the pillars was learning and development mm. and his reaction was we've really got to get our act together yeah. <laughs> I just we're almost coming to the end unfortunately yeah. time is always against us on these things yeah. um i just want to pick up on something stephen said and, and, and you talked about with to regard to the mentor um because i think it's important to say that I think you've alluded to this. Solomon's a great tool, but it's not a substitute either for no. a good personal mentor and a good lodge mentor. It complements. Absolutely, it does. It absolutely does. It's not a replacement. It's 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 it's, it's an added bonus. Mm. But it is somewhere where you can go and you can get something credible and you can find and discover things for yourself. And ideally, it will take you on your own, help you along your own journey, wherever that may take you. And what are the future plans for Solomon? Well, I'm always excited about Solomon, and I, I, it'll, it'll never be perfect. And what we are really, and I tried to allude to earlier, what we, we, we're always looking at, at feedback. We're always looking at what's going on in the market. We are working heavily now on gamification. We're looking to integrate, obviously, with, with UGLE systems, so it becomes as seamless as possible, because the less clicks we can do, and Omade will talk more about that than, than I do. But one thing that I'm really excited about that did come out of the, con the, the, the car journey with Omade was I thought he was going to, put me in a corner and, and, and dust me off was was I'm really keen on AI and I wanted and I do want AI in Solomon and it is going to be possible don't don't ask me exactly when but we're working on it we've got we've got to got it in our sandbox we're playing with it and we'll see how that develops but it's fast moving environment you've said gamification a few times could you explain for 
for use for listeners who might not quite understand what what exactly that means well i'm not sure i totally understand <laughs> what, what, what it means but it, it means it's coming away from from the tried and tested simple simple way of of, of rote learning but doing things and uh, and and getting badges and awards and certificates um, and making it more modern so that uh, it, it appeals to, to to modern man because People just don't sit and learn like they used to. I mean, when I, I started learning, it was all rote. And actually, that's one of the things that's affecting the delivery of the ritual. People don't know how to, to learn in that way anymore. So we've got to be vibrant and we've got to be fresh and we've got to, to take the sound bites. We talked about Solomon Live and the importance. And that came about because I got a telephone call from the, from the then Grand Secretary. He said, look, we're going into lockdown. What the hell are we going to be doing here to keep people interested? What can you do? Um, which was an interesting question. So we accelerated some of our programme with with regard to that. But Solomon Live, as you alluded to earlier, was because people had the time. Now, of course, they haven't got the time because they're out and about doing other things. So that's why we're, we're finding it's more so important now you have to, to stream. adapt again. Yep. Adapt again to stream. That's why it's important to get the audio. Uh, and we've got to chunk the stuff up um, mm. as well. But Omid, you may have... Yeah, I mean, thoughts me. well, the, the just 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 to dwell a moment on gamification, where, where it uh, where it comes into the platform is that in in the interactive elements, for instance, a paper's broken down into several pieces, and you look at each piece, and you kind of get a badge of recognition as you go through it all, and it's very motivational to get to the end and get all of the badges, you know, and there's an increasing amount of that being looked in. Uh, the team are developing in different aspects you know so for instance if you complete a whole module you'll get some kind of recognition for having done that yeah, yeah wonderful can i make one final comment because we, we, we need to not lose sight of the fact that solomon is a tool solomon is not learning and development mm, it no. is it is a tool to deliver learning and development and one of the programs we're working on really closely and quickly now is trying to make it available in districts and in provinces and helping the new provincial grand learning and development officers deliver their work and uh, and and we're we're chunking it up into the uh, regional communications group so you know we're developing whatsapp groups and so on so we can interact with them and provide them with that guidance and help and that will help us as well because we'll get even more feedback and then we'll look and see what we need to do but it's a very small tight team of enthusiasts and and i'm hugely grateful for what they've achieved so far what I'd say as well is that um, totally welcome ideas, particularly from my point of view, for Solomon, Solomon Live topics to make sure that they're, they're really, really relevant. To give you a sense of it, we make sure we cover the Royal Arch a couple of times a year, try and do 12 a year, a couple of times the Royal Arch, um, involve the women's grand lodges, uh, speak to the districts, um, have some of it which is talking to the, you know, let's say the on highs and then other Solomon lives which are talking to the regular brethren and companions and just trying to make sure it's a proper reflection of where Freemasonry is going and um, the membership. Well, if you feel like talking from someone to Gibraltar, hi. <laughs> Don't need any more airtime, Stephen. Omade, Anthony, thank you very much for your time. It's been absolutely fascinating to speak to you and hopefully you'll agree to come and speak to us again soon. Thank you. Very happy to do that. And talking about listeners from odd places that perhaps we wouldn't expect... I'd like to do, take this opportunity to give a shout-out to our listener in Vatican City. Hello! <laughs> Welcome! We hope you enjoy it. Please do stay with us. And if you're listening and you want to get in touch, we'd love to have you on. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. If you would like to find out more about Solomon, you can check out at solomon.com. 
ujelly.org.uk. You can sign in, be it a Freemason or a non-Freemason, and find out more about our wonderful craft. You can also follow them on social media at Solomon Ujelly. And of course, tune in to a future edition of Solomon Live uh, or view any old episodes on the United Grand Lodge of England YouTube channel. As ever, it's been an absolute pleasure to be with you and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Craftcast, the Freemasons podcast. The podcast is hosted by Sean Butler, Stephen Watley and James Dalton. The producer is Marta Zandri and the podcast is edited by Trisonic. Trisonic.